Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about high-dose versus low-dose iodine. We're going to be talking about who should use iodine in general. Should you be using a low-dose or should you be using a high-dose? Um, and we're really going to split this up into three separate dosing categories and we're going to dive into detail on all these things. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Let's first start out by talking about iodine and thyroid disease. And there's a lot of confusion about this topic. Uh, there's a lot of patients that I see who will make statements such as iodine is dangerous for people with thyroid disease to use, iodine is dangerous for people with Hashimoto's to use. And as a result, there's a lot of people that just flat out stay away from iodine. I mean, I even have doctors who say that thyroid patients shouldn't be using iodine. All sorts of information that's out there um, that, I, that I don't think is uh, in line with, with what I believe to be um, the truth in re in regards to iodine. So let's let's break that down a little bit. So why is there so much concern and controversy around iodine use in thyroid patients? The main reason has to do, um, in my opinion, with a, a slew of studies that came out probably in the early 2000s, probably around 2000, 2010 or so. And they all showed an association between increased countries which used uh, or fortified certain foods with iodine and the increased use of iodine in these developing countries. With, uh, and they found that as they did that, there was also a corresponding increase in cases of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So this led a lot of researchers and doctors even to suggest that there is a, a correlation between these two things, wherein if you take iodine, then it somehow increases your risk um, of developing Hashimoto's thyroiditis, right? So that's sort of the idea. Now, I think at the same time, you do have patient stories. And patient stories can be powerful, but they always need to be taken into context. And so there's always patients that you'll see out there um, who will write on um, blog posts and YouTube videos and whatever. They'll comment on their own personal experience. And again, personal experience is great, but you need you know hundreds and thousands of these personal experiences to make a conclusion. So just the experience of one person is not super helpful all by itself. But anyway, these experiences will, will go something like this. I, I was fine. I started to use iodine because I heard it was healthy. And now I have thyroid disease. And I do think these patients are correct. I absolutely believe that that can happen. Um, I have seen cases in my own personal study where giving iodine to certain individuals, back when I didn't quite understand it as well, exacerbated their existing thyroid condition. I mean, I even made that mistake in my mom and my mother when I gave her iodine and her antibodies flew through the roof. And she felt worse. So it can happen. There, there seems to be a relationship between those two things. But as I started to dig into this and learn more and more and more, um, I began to side on, or I began to shift my thinking uh, to believe that that iodine is an essential nutrient and that thyroid patients should be using iodine. And the reason for that is kind of simple. And we're going to talk about that. Number one is the fact that humans require iodine because they cannot make it. They cannot synthesize it on their own. They must consume it in their diet. We were we evolved this way. And so going back in time, humans have always needed iodine. So there's the last number one. Number two is iodine is critical and essential for proper thyroid function. Your, your thyroid will not function properly if you don't have sufficient iodine. So you absolutely need to be having iodine. So that sort of creates a dilemma. How can your body need iodine and be relying upon it? And yet you have another group of people saying that iodine is bad for you and bad for your thyroid. So we need to figure that out a little bit. And as I sort of dived into it, I found that there is a relationship between the development of, of Hashimoto's or thyroid disease with the use of, of iodine, but it's not caused solely by the iodine itself. And so what, what I found, and I think a lot of other people are probably in the same boat as me in terms of their thinking about this topic, is that there is a connection between iodine or low levels of iodine and the replacement of iodine, but also only in the setting of, of other nutrient deficiencies does this become a problem. 
particularly selenium. And so let me explain sort of how this is happening because it's kind of a slightly complicated topic, but we, we can break it down to make it really easy. So when your body consumes iodine, your thyroid takes it up and it uses it to produce thyroid hormone. And so this process of producing thyroid hormone involves a lot of proteins and enzymes. And your body, whenever it does these sort of things, it can, it can cause byproducts. And some of these byproducts can, be, can become a problem if they're not taken care of. But your body always has functions uh, and, and other mechanisms involved to take care of these problems so that they, you know, even, even though you need pro, uh, thyroid hormone, which your body does, and you might produce some, some byproducts that need to be taken care of, your body has a solution for that. And the solution in your thyroid gland is the use of selenium and the production of glutathione, which is an antioxidant, um, it's a master antioxidant, and it's produced, uh, or it's, in order for it to be produced, you need to have normal selenium levels or optimal selenium levels. So what I believe to be happening, and I think a lot of other people believe this to be true as well, is that as you're, if, you, if you have iodine deficiency, first of all, you're probably going to have other deficiencies as well. So you'll probably have selenium deficiency and zinc deficiency. But if you only replace one of those things, in this case, iodine, so imagine being iodine deficient, but also selenium deficient and, produ and consuming iodine, iodine by itself. So it comes into your gland and it starts producing thyroid hormone. But you get all these byproducts that your body would normally be taken care of by the antioxidant glutathione produced by selenium. But if you're also deficient in selenium, it cannot get rid of those things, which causes inflammation inside the thyroid gland itself right? Because if you can't get rid of the, um, the oxidation factors and, and these other things which are causing inflammation locally, then you're going to have a problem. And so this is what I think, believe is happening when people experience these negative symptoms. They're consuming iodine, but they also have low selenium levels, which prevents them from you know, managing that problem that I just described. So the solution is really simple. Just don't take iodine unless you have normal selenium levels. And once I figured that out and I started to do this and started to give people both iodine and selenium, all the problems basically just went away. And so I think that there's a safe way to use iodine and that's how you do it. So if you're ever concerned about using iodine, then just make sure that your selenium zinc levels are normal. And if you're listening to anything that I've been saying or and you've been looking at supplements, you know that almost all thyroid supplements, mine included, a lot of them contain selenium for this very reason. Okay, so that's the story behind it, why thyroid patients need um, iodine, but they also should make sure that, you know, in the setting that they should have normal selenium levels. Let's talk a little bit about iodine dosing. So in this, uh, in this blog post, which I'm basing this off of, I talk about three different categories and doses of iodine. The first one would be low dose, uh, the second one would be high dose, and then the third one would be like what I would describe as extra high dose. And so I'll talk about the actual ranges and doses of iodine in, in each of these categories as we go through them. So the first one is low dose iodine. And low dose iodine um, is considered to be, in my opinion, this is just how I have described it here, is anything between 150 and 270 micrograms of iodine per day. And this number is based off of the RDA, which is, or, or RDI, which is the recommended daily allowance or recommended daily intake. So this is the amount that governmental bodies and agencies say that is the safe amount to take. Okay. Now, it's a, it's a very low dose, though, as you'll see compared to the other doses that we're going to be talking about. Um, the good news is that starting at a low dose uh, is less likely to cause any problems because this amount of iodine is really what is required for your day-to-day -day needs. And actually, this, this dose is primarily based off of the demands of your thyroid hormone. But remember, other tissues in your body need iodine too. It's not just your thyroid. So even if it was, even if this low dose was sufficient for your thyroid, it's still going to be insufficient for other tissues in your body. Furthermore, it does not allow you to build up a store of iodine. So the body can store a lot more iodine than it uses on a daily basis. So it sort of has a fridge and a freezer of iodine that it can pull from as necessary throughout the day. And so, um, unfortunately, low dose, while it can be, it's less likely to cause any problems, like the problems I talked about before, it's insufficient in building back up that store, which means that if you forget to take your dose or 
maybe your demand is really high because you're pregnant or because you're breastfeeding or whatever, for whatever reason, or you have an increased, you know, production of thyroid hormone for, for any reason, really, um, that demand is going to be diminished and you're really going to start grabbing into your stores. And if you don't have enough stores, then this low dose is, is really going to cause a problem because it's not even going to be sufficient for, for your needs. And so that's sort of the issue with low dose. Now, the benefit to low dose is that it's less likely to cause any problems directly with your thyroid gland. It's more, it's tolerated very well by, by, by most individuals. I would say, I, in fact, I've never seen anybody respond negatively to low-dose iodine. I'm sure that they exist out there, but the percentage of people as a whole is, is incredibly low. And so I, I do think that if there's any question at all about what type of iodine you should be starting with or what dose, if there's any question, just start with the low-dose. But I do think that you should be using iodine. So just keep that in the back of your head. In here, I talk about the store of iodine being somewhere between uh, 15 and 20 milligrams. I've seen, we, and by the way, the dose that we're talking about is 150 to 170 or 270 micrograms. So the amount that your body stores is is much, much, much higher than than the RDA, um, the recommended dose. Um, I've seen a lot of different conflicting evidence on what the actual store is. There'll be people who probably comment and say, I, I, the thyroid can, or the body can store 50 grams of thyroid. Well, I've never seen any study to prove that it's that high, but we probably, the answer is we probably really don't know how much iodine the body can store. Um, but this low dose does, does have, um, some benefits. So thyroid support supplements, I believe, yeah, I've got a link here to show you an example. So if you look on the back of, well, let's go, actually, maybe we can go down here, I'm trying to find the dose of iodine. Um, it's not there. It'll have to be in here. Um, so iodine in this supplement, T3 Conversion Booster, has 75 micrograms of iodine and also comes with 100 micrograms of selenium. So you'll see that that most good thyroid support supplements, in this case we're looking at T3 Conversion Booster, have both iodine and selenium in these small doses because your body does need it. Um, it's actually very beneficial. So, but the, but if you're looking for a low dose, then you can try something like this. That'd be my recommendation. All right, so that's that's low dose in a nutshell. Let's talk a little bit about high dose iodine. So high dose iodine is different, um, and high dose iodine comes with some other special benefits that I want to talk about specifically. So you might you might ask the question, well, low dose iodine only really covers the daily needs of your body. So what's the benefit of taking more than that? Well, obviously I mentioned before that one of those benefits would be to get back the stores in your body that you need. Okay, so if you if you took more than the daily allowance, let's say you took 10 times the daily amount allowance, one-tenth of that would go to your body so that it could use it, so that your thyroid could produce thyroid hormone, recycle it, and so on. And then the other nine-tenths would go to be stored in your thyroid gland and other tissues. So that's benefit number one. Benefit number two, I think, is a little different, and I spent some time talking about this. But I think I think one of the main benefits, and something that is missed a lot, is the ability for iodine to displace other um, chemical compounds that can inactivate your uh, the thyroid hormone molecules in your body. And so I talk about the the halides here. So this would be like bromide or, or bromine, chloride or chlorine, and fluoride or fluorine. So these three. Uh, chemicals or elements, they look very similar to iodine. And what they can do is they can displace iodine on thyroid hormone molecules and so, or on, on the thyroid hormone um, compound. And if they do that, first of all, there would be no way to notice it because the only place that you would notice is if you took apart that iodine uh, or that, that thyroid hormone, hor that the hormone itself and looked at it. So we don't have technology to do that. But what it would do is it would impact its ability and to be used by the body on your cellular receptors. And so my belief is that as you take high dose iodine, you are flushing the body with, with more iodine, which displaces these bad chemicals or these bad elements on the, the floating around thyroid hormone that's in your blood and in your body. And it allows them to be more functional. 
And so what I've seen, and I've, this is how I'm attempting to explain this, is that I have a number of patients that I've treated with iodine who take it and feel almost immediately better. Like the very next day, they're, they're just better. So it's kind of hard to chalk that up to just new production of thyroid hormone because that takes a while. But it could be explained by this phenomenon that I just described, wherein it's displacing some of those, some of those chemicals, which have a similar um, ionic and, and negative charge. And so in my belief, I think that's one of, the, one of the biggest benefits to using this high-dose iodine. And I think especially in those individuals who have not been using iodine, especially those people I talked about in the very beginning, right, because they're, they're afraid of using it or they believe that it's going to cause them harm. I think that, that this population benefits a lot from high-dose iodine for those two reasons. Number one, the fact that it builds up your stores. Number two, the fact that it can make you feel almost uh, better, almost instantly. And I believe that's what's happening. We also have studies to suggest that populations of, of humans who are currently living, especially the, the, in the Japanese population, they consume this amount of iodine on a daily basis and they don't have any problems. In fact, they have reduced risk of breast cancer and so on. So I think there's evidence to not only suggest that it's beneficial, but also that it's safe, because that's really what we're concerned about. And when I talk about high-dose iodine, I'm really talking about somewhere between the range of 6 to 12 milligrams. So 6 to 12 milligrams. Um, whereas before, I was talking about the low-dose, which is 150 to 270 micrograms. So remember, there are 1,000 micrograms to 1 milligram. So if we're talking 6 to 12 milligrams, we're talking dosages which are much, much, much higher than the RDA. Okay, not, not massively, not too much higher, but they're still significantly higher. Um, I have, let's see if I have the link to this, so to give you an example of what the, yeah, so let, let's talk about, I'll just show you an example of what this, what this looks like in supplement form. So this is another supplement that I have, which is high-dose iodine, and it has iodine, 7,500 micrograms as potassium iodide and 5,000 micrograms as molecular iodine. So it's a combination of both iodide and iodine for a total of 12,500 micrograms or 12.5 milligrams. So the high doses, this is generally somewhere in this range that I'd recommend, somewhere between 6 and 12.5 milligrams. Now I like this just because I've used it a lot and I think it has a, um, I've seen a lot of success in thyroid patients. In fact, by the way, this was the, this was the exact same uh, medicine many years ago that I, or not medicine, but supplement that I gave my mom and she had the reaction to. Uh, but that was before I fixed her selenium and now she's taking it just fine. So this is an example of, of um, how it can be used and, and how I've made mistakes in the past, but I've learned from them, obviously. So that's an example of, of that. Um, so that's the high dose. Now let's talk about um, very high dose iodine. So we've talked about the low dose. We've talked about the high dose. I want to talk about high dose or very high dose. Now really, uh, the way I def define very high dose iodine would be doses of iodine, which are anything in excess of the 12.5 milligrams per day. Now, I've seen people who use 50 milligrams per day, 25 milligrams per day, sometimes even much higher than that, just massive, massive, massive doses of iodine. And at this time, basically, I have a lot written here, but I just do not see any benefit to using doses that are that high. I just think that you run into problems when you get up to those very high doses, and I think that you get no benefit. There's no benefit from, from using, you know, more than 12.5 milligrams that you don't also get with the 12.5 milligram dose or anywhere between 6 and 12.5 milligrams. But there's a much higher risk of consequences the higher the dose gets, whereas there's fewer consequences with the, with the uh, or you're less likely to experience any, any negative side effects with that, even the high dose, but not the super high dose. So I just don't see any benefit to using that. And if you look, I've even talked about this in the blog post if you want to read through it. I talk about the number of patients that I've that I've seen who uh, who have a history of doing this, where they they've used 50 milligrams per day for six months, and you know after after that six months, boom, it's just you know they they start having thyroid problems. They just came out of nowhere, and then they can never sort of reverse the problem. So my recommendation is do not use those doses that are that high because I just don't see any benefit to it. 
So there's a lot of side effects that can be um, associated with iodine use, and most of them are good, and some of them can be misconstrued as being bad, but in reality, they're good. And so I want to talk about them. Um, when I said lots of side effects, most what I'm talking about here is mostly beneficial side effects, not bad side effects. So you really need to differentiate those two things. Um, you know, most people will think that if they take some supplement and they start feeling bad initially, that that's a bad sign. It's a sign that their body doesn't need it. When the re in fact, the reality is almost always <laughs> the opposite. In fact, many times when I see patients who, especially patients that I treat personally, when I'm treating them with things, they do feel bad initially in the beginning. That's because things in their body are shifting. They're, get ridding, they're getting rid of things that they need to be eliminated from their body. And as their body gets flushed with these things, of course, they're going to feel a little bit worse in the process. But feeling worse is, is a precursor to feeling much better. And so I'm always, I'm always uh, saddened whenever I see people that will say, I stopped taking it because I, because I had, you know, whatever, a little bit of nausea. And I'm like, oh, man, that's too bad. Because if you would have kept up with it, you probably would have been feeling better. And so I just want you to be aware of this phenomenon because most people just have no idea that it exists. And I know doctors uh, do because they see it all the time. They just say, hey, keep up with it or drop your dose a little bit and you'll get better. And like probably 95% of patients who fit that category almost always get better um, after just a couple of days. So it's, it's really sad to see people do that because I know that they're on their way to feeling better, but they're going to miss it because of that. They don't understand this concept. So the side effects, the, the one that I really want to talk about um, is a concept of a bromoderma. And so remember when I mentioned previously that um, iodine can dis displace uh, certain um, elements, especially things like bromide and chlorine or chloride and, and fluoride. So one of the side effects that have been noticed with the use of iodine is that as you displace some of these things, your body must get rid of them. And so as it gets rid of them, so one of the potential side effects is this thing called bromoderma in which your the bromide in your body is being eliminated, usually through the skin. And so you get these white pustules that kind of look like acne. They're not really acne. Um, well, it's not, they, they look like acne, but they're not the same sort of mechanism involved in acne. Um, they do have like a little bit of a white head and they kind of just come out. But that's, bromoderma is the, is the, is a known dermatologic condition in which bromide is being excreted from the body. And what you'll see is that as certain people take iodine, they start to feel this. And I've had people who quit taking iodine because they experienced this side effect. And I just, I, that's so frustrating as well because I'm like, that is a sign that your body is eliminating the very thing which is causing your thyroid disruption to begin with. You want that out of your body. I mean, I understand that the, 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 you know, a little bit of acne or it can look like acne. It's not truly acne, but it can be unsightly. But would you rather have that in your body or completely out of your body? Obviously, you want that out of your body because it's causing part of your thyroid issues. So don't be concerned if you experience a little bit of this. If you experience a lot of this, then you need to back down on your dose, of, of course. Um, in fact, one, I think I've said this before in other places, but I still occasionally experience this. And a lot, one of the sources of bromide that we get in our diet is from, um, uh, what, what's the word from, um, caffeinated or soft drinks. Soft drinks is the word I'm thinking of. So soda, things like that. So uh, Mountain Dew especially has high amounts, but Pepsi, Coke, and all these things, uh, they have various levels of bromide in them. And so if you consume these things on a regular basis, you probably have a significant amount of bromide in your body that must be eliminated. And so as you take iodine, don't be surprised if it comes out. You also might feel a little bit, um, you know, most people will feel better, but you might experience some other things, a little bit of temporary fatigue, nausea, headaches, rashes, things like that. Those are usually signs that your body sort of, I, I could, those kind of fit into detox-like reactions. And so I kind of lump those all together and just say that generally when they occur, it's usually a good thing. But of course, it can be a it can be a bad thing if, if you've used it without selenium. So you got to kind of pay attention to that. If you feel overly worse or you have swelling in your thyroid gland or feel that your thyroid gland is sensitive, that's probably a sign that your dose is too high. You should back down. Okay. So that's pretty much it for, for side effects. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll say we'll, we'll kind of close here. So what kind of dose should you take? Well, I think that about 70 or 80% of thyroid patients, this is based on my experience in treating a bunch, also um, 
giving supplements out to many, many, many different people. I think that most people, 70 to 80%, are okay with the 6.5 to 12.5 milligram dose range. So that would be the high dose iodine of just starting it right away. The only population that I would recommend to start at the lower dose is, first of all, if you're a, a really sensitive patient, so, and those, pa- those people know who they are, um, if they're listening to this, they, they already know that they're sensitive. Um, and number two would be those people who have previously tried iodine who did not do well with it. Um, so if you fit into either of those categories, then it's a good thing to replete your selenium first and then start with the low-dose iodine that I mentioned before. So T3 conversion boost is a good way to do it. I also have a thyroid uh, daily essentials multivitamin, which has iodine and selenium com- with zinc combined and all the nutrients that you need. So there are definitely you could take those things for about two to three months, replete all of the normal levels, just give yourself a low-line baseline level of iodine, then you can slowly go up on your iodine. And then lastly, I said I have no recommendations for using doses higher than 12.5 milligrams per day at this point. I just don't see the benefit to that. So that's pretty much it. Um, I know it's a little bit of a hot topic and complica- complicated um, uh, topic to talk about. And invariably, I always get comments about iodine and all these different sources and all this different information. Um, I've debunked a lot of these things in previous videos, so I'm not going to be talking about um, the source of iodine or how it's safe to get or, you know, there's people that always talk about um, various issues related to iodine. I'm not going to get into those today. If you want to, you can look at some of my previous videos where I debunk some of these, some of the thoughts that people have regarding iodine. But if you have any questions regarding the dose, so high dose, low, low dose, which should you start with? If anything wasn't clear in here, let me know in the comment section. And I'll do my best to get back to you guys as soon as I can. And otherwise, I will see you guys in the next one.